want to be a soul winner for Jesus every day. He does so much for me. I want to aid the lost sinner to leave his erring way and be from bondage free. A soul winner for Jesus, a soul winner for Jesus. Oh, let me be each day a soul winner for Jesus, a soul winner for Jesus. He's done so much for me. I want to be a soul winner till Jesus calls for me to lay my burdens down. I want to hear him say, servant, you've gathered many sheep, receive a sorry crown. A soul winner for Jesus, a soul winner for Jesus, oh let me be. A soul winner for Jesus, a soul winner for Jesus, he's done so much for me. A soul winner for Jesus, a soul winner for Jesus, oh let me be stay. A soul winner for Jesus. so good I almost going to have them sing it again but then they cut into my time so I want to do that I want to get you out early tonight and uh, but uh, it's good to be here tonight and I appreciate the opportunity and the privilege to preach tonight and uh, as we're getting kicked off this uh, campaign and excited about what the Lord's going to do and I hope that you're excited about it I hope that you want to be a soul winner for Jesus and man just listen to that uh, song as the men sang there, and man, just uh, exciting and should stir and motivate you. Uh, and if it doesn't, get some things checked to work on some things uh, where it will stir you and motivate you. Uh, you can turn to John chapter number 12. <clears throat> John chapter number 12. Uh, I'm going to read to you a couple of different quotes from some old time men of God and uh, some of their quotes about soul winning. D.L. Moody said, A man who has found out what is true, what his true work is, which is winning souls for Christ, and does it, such is a happy man. Curtis Hudson said, The only alternative to soul winning is disobedience to Christ. And how that one is so true, but we, we want to stay away from that one a little bit, don't we? Charles Spurgeon said, Soul winning is the chief business of the Christian and should be the main pursuit of every believer. I hope that's our main goal tonight and it is our, uh, the pursuit of every believer to reach the lost with the cause of Christ, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jack Hyle said, Old-fashioned, spirit-filled, Christ-honoring, sin-hating, soul-winning, Bible-preaching is the hope of the church today. 
is the hope of our nation and is the hope of the world. And uh, how that is so true today, but uh, it probably only worked for these men because that was back in that day, right? I mean, times have changed and it doesn't work like that anymore. I mean, uh, what was Pastor thinking uh, having us go out and knock on doors three times a day for the month of April? It, it surely doesn't work anymore, does it? No, it still works. And uh, we saw three souls saved last Saturday because of that, just going out knocking on doors and uh, opening up the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to convict and to show them their need for a Savior. John chapter number 12 Starting in verse number 32, the Bible says, And if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light. Lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed, and did hide himself from them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, and I just want to thank you for the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit and to proclaim the Word of God. And Lord, I pray that you would just be with the message tonight. Lord, I pray that it would stir and motivate us to be a better soul winner for you. Lord, we love you and thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We see that the Savior needs to be lifted up tonight. How are men going to come to uh, know Jesus as their Savior? By us going and telling by lifting up Christ. And when we lift up Christ, great things are going to happen. He said that I must decrease and He must increase. Hey, it's not about us today. It's not about Community Baptist Temple, but it's about our Lord Jesus Christ who gave His Son to die on that cross for my sins and for your sins so that we can have a home in heaven. By going and telling others we are the mouthpiece that Christ has given us the job to be the mouthpiece. He uses His Word and He uses the Holy Spirit to convict and to draw those men in. But He says that I must be lifted up. We're not going to see others come to Christ by lifting ourselves up. It's not the message that I have to say. It's not the the words that you have to say, but it's what the Bible says. There's only one way to heaven, the Bible says. And that's through Jesus Christ. Uh, Flip over to Acts chapter number 16. Chapter number 16, verse number 29. The Bible says, Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed his stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straight way. We see a great example of Paul and Silas who had uh, been thrown in prison for the cause of Christ. We see their response to it. Oh, they could have found some things. They could be complaining. They could be upset at God for the circumstances, for the place that they've been. But instead they said, we're going to 
use this opportunity to sing praises and to glorify God. To exalt God. To lift up God. And what do we see a result of that? The jailer and his family coming to know Christ because somebody was willing to lift up God, to magnify God, even when their circumstances weren't the best. When their comfort wasn't, uh, it wasn't a comfortable place, it wasn't a place that they desired to be, but they said, here's another opportunity that God has given us to magnify Him and lift Him up today. We see that the Holy Spirit is the mighty convictor. And as we go out this, during this promotion, we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to have His power in our life. We've got to yield to God and give Him total control. We see that it's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict them, but we see the Christian's job is to be the messenger and to be that mouthpiece, to be able to get the gospel out. We see in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've been given a command to go. See, as we speak on the outside, the Holy Spirit does a work on speaking on the inside. See, that God has given us the command to go. God hasn't, God hasn't laid the responsibility on us to uh, what the outcome, what the results are of that, but He says, I want you to go. And I want you to preach the gospel. But you know, when we do that, when we're uh, obedient to God and we're going out and we're knocking on doors, we're putting in extra time, putting extra focus, there's going to be some opposition. There's going to be, Satan is not happy to see a body of believers come together and say, I want to do more for the cause of Christ. I want to see souls saved. Uh, We want to see the baptismal waters stirred. And we want to see what God's going to do. Satan is not happy with that. And he's going to do everything he can to try to stop you from going out soul winning this this month. And I want to look at four four ways that Satan will try to distract us or try to keep us from going soul winning this next, this upcoming month. Number one, distractions. Number one, distractions. Matthew 14.30 says, But when he saw the wind boitrous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. Peter, he sees Jesus walking on the water. He says, If it's you, Lord, let me come out to you. He says, Come on out. Come on out, Peter. And he starts walking on that water. And everything's going just fine until he gets his eyes off Christ. He gets his mind on his surrounding. He gets distracted by the storm on the water and the wind. And he's distracted and immediately he starts to sink. Satan is going to throw so many distractions at you uh, this month to try to get you sidetracked, to try to get you to change your schedule around, to mess you up, to keep you from coming. One of the biggest distractions that he uses is fear. And if we're not careful, fear can, can just have a tremendous grip on our life. And if we're not careful, we will live our life in fear. Well, what does 2 Timothy 1.7 say? But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when fear strikes up, we need to remember where that fear came from. That didn't come from God. God didn't give us that fear, but that's Satan and he's trying to stop you. He's trying to give you a, a distraction, an excuse to say... Well, I can't go because of this fear. And if we're not careful, we'll give in to the excuse of fear. You know, Pastor, you you got that evening time set up at 6.30, and you don't understand, Will of Fortune comes on at 7. 
And I have to watch Wheel of Fortune. And I can't come at 10 because that's when Let's Make a Deal is on. And 1 o'clock, who wants to be a millionaire? I mean, I'm trying to be on that show. I'm going to be on that show one day. You think that's, that's crazy. And I, it is a little exaggerated there. But we, we don't come out and say those things with our words, but our actions do. Our actions do because there are times when we can be there. But we, we give in to the excuses. We give in to the distractions and we allow those to take control. And uh, we see that it can be work. It could be hobbies. It can be leisure. It can be family. Uh, it can be good things that distract us from the best that God has for us. And we have to be careful to not give in. Uh, we don't want you to, to call off work every day and to lose your job uh, because I'm going to be there at, at 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock each day. But that's why we have those different times to work around different schedules so that we can get plugged in. And we know that you're not going to be able to be there maybe every time that the doors are open, but there is an opportunity that we have to do more for the cause of Christ. And every one of us, we never, we never get to a place where we've arrived. Where uh, there's really not any more that I can do for the cause of Christ. I've done it all. When we've reached that part, that's a very dangerous place to be. But we're thankful that God held nothing back. But we've got to be careful because there's going to be a lot of excuses, distractions that Satan will try to get us. Not only distractions, but number two, disappointment disappointment and we get all fired up we come out tomorrow and we go out there and we knock on doors and man the first few doors no one's answering or the weather's not good i think of uh last year when brother josh and i were out and uh it, we saw three different weather changes it went from rain to sleet to snow and we're talking to the lady and but man uh, i'm just excited josh is talking to her he's got the bible open and i'm like Man, this is just worth it. Like, bring on this weather. You know, this just makes this is even better. Because someone's going to get saved and God's doing a work. And, and we, she was at a, a friend's house, so she couldn't invite us in. And going through there, and she says, oh, well, I've already done that. I'm thinking, oh, you got to be kidding. We sat through here for this. You can disappoint yourself if we're not careful. We've got to remember why we're doing it. Uh, we're not going out there and doing it to, to lift up ourselves or to, to make a name for us, but it, just trying to get the gospel out to encourage. I guarantee you that lady was encouraged when we left. And that was worth it all. For, to encourage one person. Um, you know, this, this isn't for ourselves. As I said, you know, we're out there to be used by God and we're just being obedient to what God has us. But we better be careful because there are some times when it can be disappointing if we allow ourselves to buy into that. Well, uh, so how was the first day of the campaign? Oh, we only had three people show up. You want to come tomorrow? That's not going to encourage somebody to want to come. That's going to, you know, that can be very uh, discouraging and uh, disappointing there at the same time. But the Lord's going to bless. 
hey, when he's exalted, when he's lifted up, great things are going to happen. Whether we see the fruit right away or we see it down the road, good things are going to happen. And uh, you never know who might walk in through these doors. And man, just to be praying over those souls that we come in contact with and we leave them a track, the Word of God. And don't fall into the trap of disappointment. Man, disappointment will leave us saying, I'm not coming back for the rest of this thing. Yeah, it's not worth it. In eternity one day when we stand before the Lord and we give an account, we give an answer for what we do, and it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Number three, discouragement. We've got distractions. We've got disappointment, discouragement. Deuteronomy 121 says, Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Okay, if I got this land for you, hey, go up and possess it. Fear not, be not discouraged. But seven verses later, in verse number 28, we read, Neither shall we go up. Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sun of the Amicans there. Their own people are discouraging them just a few verses later from when God said, Hey, I've got this land and I'm ready for you to possess it. God's saying, hey, I've got a city for us to possess. And we've got a city that needs to be reached with the gospel, with the cause of Christ. And we better make sure that we're not discouraging our fellow brother. We're all on the same team. And, uh, and I know it can be a fight sometimes. You get upset with your partner if he's getting all the ones with the people home, you know, and you're getting all the doors. That's what Josh does with me. But, uh, and getting all the, to lead the people to the Lord and things. But, you know, we're all on the same team. I mean, it is all for the cause of Christ. And you've got just as much importance as being that partner. Uh, be praying for that person. Trying to get distractions out of the way so that the Holy Spirit can work in their lives. Let's not be one that's guilty of discouraging our own, though, or those that are on our own team. I kind of jumped ahead with my illustration there about how we're talking about the thing. It really goes better with discouragement than disappointment about uh, discouraging people to not come out and things. But, uh, you know, if we use that same thing, if we say, yeah, no, well, we only had a few people out. We didn't have anybody saved the first day. That's not very encouraging. That's very discouraging. But, you know, we can take that turn that turn that around and say, well, you know what, we had some folks show up, and, man, we could use more. We could use you. And we know that God's going to do great things. God's going to bless. And to get this thing going, and it's all about our perspective it's all about our attitude don't be afraid that everyone you talk to is going to hate church and hate god and not want to talk to you all of them are going to slam the doors in your face that usually doesn't happen people are usually very responsive they're they're very polite at least but man we need to be encouraging those that and grab somebody that you can bring to this thing and go out with you and i talked about this this morning how uh, how it can be so encouraging in the fellowship that you can just have with another brother in Christ as you're going out and knocking on doors and being able to talk to people. And what an opportunity it is to be an encouragement to those that are around us and just being used by God, being uh, willing and being yielded to what He has for us. 
Um, number four here, disbelief. Disbelief. The mindset of, well, God really is not going to use me. And God doesn't really need me in this thing. Just as Pastor was saying, eh, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will be there. Somebody else will pick up the slack. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 58. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You know, I've got to ask myself, how many times in my life has God not been able to do mighty works because of my unbelief? Sometimes you, I think we fall into the mindset of, well, things are going all right. Things aren't too bad. But how much better could they be? If we'd be doing more for Christ and we'd be missing out on the blessings of God and God doing mighty works. I don't know about you, but I want to see God do mighty works in my life. I want to see God do mighty works in your life as well and in this church and see how God can use us all to reach a lost and dying world. But many times we're more concerned about self. And what am I going to get out of this? Or what am I going to have to give up? Was that our first thought when we started announcing this thing? Oh man, now I can't do this. They're going to expect me to be there. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Monday, Tuesday, did I hear him right? Did he say that? It's easy to be selfish. It's easy to think, man, asking an awful lot of us. We go back and we think about what Christ gave. How He had no reserves and He held nothing back. He says, I want to do a mighty work. I want to use you. There's going to be some things you've got to get in order for me to use you. He says, I'm not going to, I can't use a dirty vessel. That's why we've got to make sure that we are pure and that our relationship with the Lord and that we get things right in our life before we step foot out on those streets and start knocking on those doors. We can be guilty of thinking that eh, people really don't want to hear the gospel. Uh, people, they're not really, you know, I, I've been here before where I've saw the person out in their garage or something and I thought, they don't want to hear it. I might as well just keep going. I'm just going to waste my time. And I go up, talk to that person. Maybe they don't get saved, but they were so open. And was able to get, get, get them a gospel track, talk to them about the church. God says, hello, have you forgot who you're working for? Hello, is anything too hard for me? Hello, is anything impossible with God? Uh, it's all, we've got to start somewhere. And maybe they didn't have the opportunity like me to be raised in church in a Christian home and a Christian family, be saved at a young age, but God can save them where they're at. God can bring them out of that. We've got to remember what God brought us out of. I said it many of times, um, I used to not like my testimony at all because I thought I never had one. I thought, man, you hear some people's testimony, I think, man, praise God how He saved him out of that sin. I brought him out of that lifestyle. And I got to talking to my youth pastor one day and I said, man, I don't have a testimony. He said, what? What do you mean? 
I said, I got saved at six years old, but I didn't commit any serious crime or into any serious uh, sin before I got saved. He said, man, I would love to have that testimony. He said, think about what God saved you from, what you didn't have to encounter, what you didn't have to go down that road of sin, and God saved you out of that life. You didn't have to risk not being saved out of that life. Because not everybody that goes down that path comes back. And when they do, there's a lot of scars and there's a lot of heartache that they've got to face. And from that day forth, I said, man, I've got a testimony now. Amen. I had it all along. I just didn't know it. Satan's going to be attacking. He's not going to want to see God do great things. He's not going to want to see you being used. And when we're being attacked by Satan, then that means we're headed in the right direction. Hey, if Satan's not attacking us, then that means we're going down the same road as him. And he's fine when we're running right alongside him, not accomplishing anything for the cause of Christ. That's what he wants. Judges chapter number 8. Verse 33 through 35 says, And it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again and went a whoring after Balaam and made Baal birth their God. And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God, who had delivered them out of the hand of all their enemies on every side. Neither showed they kindness to the house of Jerusalem, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness which He had showed unto Israel. What are we doing right now so that the upcoming generation does not forget God? That they don't, as these men that I quoted, their, uh, some of their quotes on so many things, they're off the page. They're off the grid now. They're no longer here. Oh, we still get encouragement from them and we can read after them and we can learn how God used them. But what are we doing to impact these, this young generation over here that when some of us pass off, that they don't turn back and forget who God is? How easy it is to turn back to that life of sin and those false gods and forget where God had brought them from, what God had saved them from. Suppose someone were to offer us I'll say, I'll use pastor as an illustration. I say pastor was giving out a thousand dollar bill to every person that you earnestly tried to lead to the, to the Lord. Hopefully he's got to have a lot of thousand dollar bills. But would, would that motivate us more to win souls than we are right now over some money? Do we love money more than we love God or more that we love saving a soul out of the pit of hell? What is it that's motivating us today to do something for God? If we're doing it for earthly gain, then we're doing it for the wrong reason. And pastor's not going to pay you a $1,000 bill, but we've got something better than that. We've got rewards in heaven. God's laying up rewards. God's keeping track of what we're doing for Him. And it's going to be a much better payday when we stand before the Lord and we give an account. And I won't give an account whether you were at soul winning or not. But I will for me. You know, and we can be quick to say, well, where was so-and-so? I knew they could be here and they're not. Huh. They're not coming. I'm not coming. Whew. Good. I'm glad they didn't show up. We've thought thought those things before. Am I the only one up here? 
I've heard people say that before. It's kind of cool saying that. <clears throat> feel like Tony Hudson up here. No, I don't. Uh, and we've thought those things before. And the flesh makes us think those things. And we think, man, well, the biggest thing we do is we justify it. You know, and sometimes we want to get on somebody. Oh, well, they weren't here. But we don't know what's going on in their life. And we don't know what they might be dealing with, what just came up. Oh, we better give them the benefit of the doubt. And best of all, we better just worry about self. It's easy to point out faults. It's easy to point out things in others. But what about ourselves? And what is motivating us to do something for Christ? Oh, I hope that the love of God in your life motivates you. I hope that the preaching of God's Word can motivate you and we could hear uh, illustrations of how uh, men and women have just been used by God. And I was reading a bunch of different illustrations and things of how uh, different soul winners reached out and, and just how God used them in a great and mighty way. And, and God wants to do that same thing with you tonight. He wants to do that same thing with me. But He's saying, hey, you're going to have to turn yourself over to me. You're going to have to get filled with the Spirit as you go out. And uh, you're going to have to represent me well. And you're going to have to be clean. And you're going to have to... We say, uh, I don't know if it's worth it. Let's weigh it out. Okay, let's weigh it out. Our comforts. Uh, you know, I'm not real comfortable with that. I don't really have the time. I could be doing this. Or people dying and going to hell. We got to get down to where the rubber meets the road. That's where it's at today. Oh, somebody else will tell them. Somebody might not tell them. But we've got an opportunity. God has given us a voice. Or God has given us uh, the ability to, to walk and to knock on doors. Or God has given us the ability to pray and beg God's power on the people that are able to go out and knock on doors. And I tell you, you don't want to miss being a part of it. You don't want to miss being a part of it and seeing how God works in a mighty, mighty way. You know, we read that verse over in Matthew and He was unable to do mighty works because of their unbelief. You know that just one person's unbelief can stop the work of the Holy Spirit. One person can hinder the cause of Christ moving forward. I don't want to be that one. I don't think you want to be that one. So let's make sure that we're not. Let's do all that we can. Let's find a spot that we can say, hey, I can jump in here. I can do this. I can be a part of it this, this time or this way. But that God would look down and say, because of your belief, and because of your faith, I'm going to do mighty things. And Community Baptist Temple is going to see mighty works of God because we're coming together for the cause of Christ, saying, hey, you know what? We're going to give up some extra time. We're going to sacrifice some things. Why? Because of the love of God that we saw and somebody sacrificed some time to me to take the time to share the Word of God, how I can know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. And it's got to be the love of Christ. And it's got to be a burden for the lost. It's got to motivate us to keep us going forward. There's going to be times when it's discouraging. There's going to be times when there's a lot of distractions. There's going to be times when there's a lot of disappointment. 
There's going to be times where there's disbelief. But we can overcome. We can overcome. You say, man, there's a lot of things that Satan can discourage us. There's a lot of things. Yeah, but Satan can't give us the victory over the power of God when we use His power in our life. And we use the Word of God. How do we fight against these excuses? How do we fight against the discouragement and the disbelief and all those things? With the Word of God. That's how God did it. That's how we should do it. When God was tempted to use the Word of God as His strong point, that's what He relied on. But let's not try to run to everything else and then try to save the Word of God for the last thing that we do. Try to work it out in our own flesh. Try to just muscle through with our own power. We surrender and say, God, I'm, I'm all Yours. And I want to be used. And you know, when we say we want to be used by God, sometimes that means literally being used as, you know, we think, man, I just feel like they're taking advantage of me. Man, they're, I feel like they're really using me. Hey, God said, I thought you wanted to be used. He's saying you're not doing it for them. Hey, they might be taking advantage of you. They might be using you. But he's saying, guess what? I'm keeping track. And one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reward you for that. We can stand before God on that day that's appointed to us. And we can say, he can say, well done. Have a good and faithful servant because we've fought a good fight. We've kept the course. We hadn't given in. Oh, and it seemed tough when the discouragement was almost overwhelming and the disappointment. Say, so keep moving forward. And you see somebody, uh, yesterday we were hearing those testimonies in the Go, the Go Rally about how those people got to lead souls to Christ. Man, it just makes you, it almost makes you mad because you're thinking, man, I want one of those. Ugh. I was about to take all those guys out that were saying that. Brother Mike, Brother Don, Brother Josh. <clears throat> but it's stirring to see how God still works. With old time, hey, my name's Brad. I'm from Community Baptist Temple. And we're out because we know that God's concerned about folks, and so are we. And we're just wondering if there's anything as a church family that we could do for you or your family. Oh, you're doing pretty good? Okay, that's good. I only see one fault. you got a Browns flag hanging there in your yard. I always get that jab in there. I don't tell them that. I say, praise God, you're not a Steelers fan. That's for my brother up there in the sound booth. Amen. <clears throat> say, before we go, I, I need to ask you an important question. If you were to die today, do you know 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven? No, I don't. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great news if you could know that? Oh, sure would be. Guess what I can tell you right here. Open up the Word of God and take them through that. Oh, I'd love to do that. And what an opportunity. There's no greater joy than being able to lead souls to Christ, being able to be used by God. He could have used a number of different ways to get the gospel to the world, but He chose to use us. So what are we going to do? The Bible says that we were bought with a price. I like to get a good value. I like to get a good buy on something. Think, man, that was worth its price. We were bought with a price. What's God able to say about the price that was spent on us? Is He getting His full value out of us? 
What can we do a little bit more? He deserves it, right? He's worthy of it tonight. And I want to encourage you tonight that we start right now doing more. Why? So that the younger generation grows up not forgetting God, but saying, hey, the God of the, the God of uh, old times, the God in the Old Testament, the God in the New Testament, the God of great men of old, the, the God of my pastor, the God of my parents, the God of my grandparents, the same God that I serve today and can do the same things today. Because it can happen. And it will if we just allow God. He says, lift me up. Hey, let's lift up Christ. Let's exalt Christ and great things will happen. Let's pray. Head bowed and eyes closed.